being around these these people that you know have been at the top of their game for years, and even the young guys, you know, they they the best at what they do, and then be entrusted with their stories as professional athletes and human beings is is big, man. What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. As photographers, part of our job is to understand how our cameras work. We need to understand all the technical aspects of making a solid image. Technology changes constantly, and we have to stay on top of those changes if we want to stay competitive. But another job we have as photographers is to gain the trust of the people we photograph. These are people who treasure their private time, so that trust has to be magnified. Our guest today is from Baltimore, Maryland, and he lives his life based on the principle of personhood. Personhood centers around the concept of consciousness and the capacity to feel pain. His personhood granted him access to document his high school basketball team, and that project led him to landing his first internship with the Boston Red Sox, where he photographed their World Series season. His experience with the Red Sox catapulted him to team photographer of the San Antonio Spurs. He has been tasked with documenting the professional and personal lives of these athletes, a right that would not be granted to someone who is not trustworthy, who lacks a certain personhood. Reginald Thomas II, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling out there, bro? What's going on with you? How are you, man? It's good to, it's good to hear from you, man. Good to talk to you, man. Likewise, man. Likewise, it's been a minute, bro. Like, uh, you know, for those who don't know, uh, the the Black Shutter started out as a collective. It started out as like a chat group with like just a few black photographers that we all met up at um, the New York Times Portfolio Review back in 2018, and um, Reggie was one of the original. Um, members of that chat group and then the chat group eventually just sort of morphed into the podcast so it's been a minute since since you were not caught up bro but how, how you feeling i'm chilling man I'm, I'm out here in texas man just you know staying out the way and you know doing what i can where i can man you know you know it's wild right now but you know just trying to you know stay 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 even here absolutely man what part of texas you calling from i'm in i'm in san antonio right now so uh, you know, just out here laying low, man. Just you know, trying to make it through the day. I hear so that, man. Like we we all are, yeah. man. Like this quarantine is is hitting us all in in different ways, man. So, um, you know, do your best with what you got, with what, with what you got. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. And I, I'm pretty sure you know you you doing the same thing out there, man. You still uh, out in NYC, right? NYC for sure, man. I I don't know yeah. if I'm leaving yeah. anytime soon. It's home. Yeah. What 
where, where are you from? Where are you based? I mean, you're based in San Antonio, but where are you from originally? I'm from Baltimore, so, uh, you know, grew up there, you know, stayed there up until I was 17, then I moved away for school. I went to uh, Norfolk State down in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Went there, um, you know, that's where I actually picked up photography. Um, you know, then I came home because I was homesick. Then I came back on like a like a retention kind of scholarship. And that's when I actually met my um, roommate, Philip Amopa, who, who just kind of, you know, we had an interaction where it just kind of sparked, you know, this idea that said, hey, man, I should get a camera. And then, you know, went through, you know, you know, school a couple years. Um, you know, over the summers, I used to go back home and do little personal projects and then, you know, went on ahead to get an internship at City Paper, Baltimore City Paper, which is now, um, it got shut down in November 2017, I think. And, um, you know, from then, you know, I just was doing, you know, freelancing when I could, uh, personal projects, you know, just little stuff. And then I worked on a big, you know, what I felt was like a big project for me, um, around, you know, the high school high school basketball team at my high school, Baltimore Polytechnic Institute, won our first state championship. Then, mm-hmm. you know, stuff started, you know, stuff started taking off, you know. Um, then I got lucky and got an internship with the Red Sox and, you know, worked in Boston for two seasons. Uh, now I'm here with the Spurs, man, in San Antonio. So, so. Um, you know, since past like what seven, six or seven years, um, really the last three or four um, has been like a whirlwind for sure. Yeah, man, and we definitely want to get into that, man, because you know, right now you just you just gave like a summary of like your career, right? Um, starting out in college, discovering, having a conversation uh, that led you to pick up a camera, and then. You know, you moved around, you photographed for the Red Sox, and for now you're in San Antonio photographing for the Spurs. There's a lot of missing pieces in between all of those different things. Those are like some really huge for events. Sure. So definitely want to get into those things, you know. Um, so just like, you know, doing a little bit of research on you, I saw that you um, you are a sociology major in school, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Dude, so yeah. Yeah. how does that happen? Like, how do you go from sociology like thinking that you're going to school to learn one thing and to have like a specific career that might be in a sociological you know arena and then pivoting and going into photography like what what happened in between you know it's crazy you know when you and I, I you know I feel like a lot of people when I say this uh I went to school not knowing what I wanted to do right um, I knew I had an ability to write a little bit, um, and I knew that, you know, at Norfolk State, it was going to be, you know, a writing-based program. Um, so, you know, we was doing a lot of writing, writing a lot of papers, and, you know, the photography thing just kind of happened, you know, just in the, in the, in the room with my roommate, you know, he was, he was a photographer. And I was writing poetry a lot at the time, like, you know, in my downtime. And um, I just told him, like, you know, let me let me see the camera, man. Let me see. Right? And I tell the story, you know, when I gave it back to him, my hands were sweating. Right? And 
you know, I sat on that moment for a few days and I just was like, you know, maybe that's a, maybe it's a reason that happened, right? And then I just, you know, I eventually, you know, begged and pleaded, you know, my mom, you know, for like four, four months, basically the rest of the semester, like, you know, <laughs> can I get this, man? Like, this is the last thing I'm ever going to ask you for, right? <laughs> And she was like, man, it's a, you know, this five hundred dollars, man. That's a, you know, that's a heavy, that's a, that's a investment, man. Like you need to, if you going, if if you gonna do this, you know, if we gonna get you this, you know, you need to take it serious. So, um, I eventually, you know, you know, you know, did my lobbying, and um, you know, it happened, right? And then to go back to, um, you know, the sociological aspect of it, you know. Photography is like the perfect medium to study the world through, right? So, um, before I bought, you know, before I had a camera, I was kind of reclusive, and in a lot of ways, I still am. Um, but you know, you can go to these places, different places, and learn about different people, and even places in your own backyard, and uh, tell stories that you probably wouldn't otherwise be able to see or experience and learn about the people that you spend the time with. Um, and in that way, that can inform your worldview, right? Especially if you're traveling all over the place, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one thing that I really enjoy um, is is being able to tell the stories where you're at. Um, and that's always helpful. It's always good to do that and easier and more nuanced when you do it um, in the place that you grew up, right? So um, when I was still living at home, um, you know, photographing high school basketball in Baltimore City, you know, it's a big, you know, high school ball is a big deal back home. You get what I mean? So um, to know who's who, you know, like it's a guy named Terry Hosley who's like a big deal in Baltimore and like the kind of street ball program space and like just knowing who those people are and you know knowing what's going on is very important as far as like you know just telling stories in places you know people wouldn't otherwise look for so um you know sociology i, I feel like it, it goes hand in hand with photography and that and that aspect for sure yeah man i think um documentary photographers are in some respects, sociologists, you know, um, we are looking at the world from a specific perspective and, and just documenting what we see. Photography is just the medium of how we choose to tell that story, how we choose to, you know, capture what we see, you know, but in, you know, in essence, we are sociologists. So do you feel like, like, how do you, how you feel that, that, your your education background, you know, influences your photography. Uh, I just feel like it gives it, it makes me think about different things that are happening um, within the spaces that I am that I'm in, right? So, um, you know, you kind of think about, you know, for example, right? Uh, Patty Mills just ran. Patty Mills just had a. a um, an article ran in New York Times, right? And um, when they reached out and asked for images for it, um, it was one picture that I thought about 
in particular, um, very, very, like we did, I don't even know if it was used on our channels or whatever, but it was just one that I remember taking that I made sure that I sent in the edit and it ended up being, um, you know, the head image, I guess, for the article. And it was just like, you know, just something about, it was about race, right? And his experiences with race growing up and navigating the world. And, you know, even something as simple as, you know, him running through um, a line of fans, um, you know, a, a, a line of fans who are all white fans. So it's a bunch of, you know, white hands. And him running through that, you know, that, that means something visually, even though, you know, you don't have to write a whole paragraph about it. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I think it pairs well. I think it paired well with him being able to tell his own story you get what I mean so uh, you know I think you know and you know subtle moments like that um, are important Um, and you never know you know what that might mean for somebody or if that helped tell somebody's story because I didn't even think I would you know ever use that image anywhere or post it or whatever the case may be but I think it went perfectly with you know the story that he was telling and that's the power of photography, man, especially when you're paying attention to, you know, little small vignettes within the scene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we're able to see genuine human moments. And if we mm-hmm. are able to, like, really capture those moments, then down the line somebody can see it and it still sparks something up within them. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sure. also it's, it's always interesting with... Photography for a lot of people, unless they've been exposed to it at an early age, like from a parent or just being like in that environment where photography is always present. So far, a lot of people I've spoken to sort of fell into photography, you know? And yeah. I, always, I always find it interesting when there are people who have a very specific interest, right? Like somebody could could love food or could be a chef and then decides to pick up a camera then they become a food photographer right or mm-hmm. in your situation like you, you used to play ball as well right a little bit i wasn't i didn't like play on a high level but you know you know when i stopped stopped in high school and you know just still love the game kind of thing mm-hmm. you know but it's but it's also a little bit deeper than that too you know when you really you know, sit down and think about why. Because, you, you know, sometimes you just find it, especially now, right, when, you know, you got more time to think and, you know, just, you know, you're sitting by yourself, you you know, you start to think about why. You know what I mean? So uh, even more so, I think about uh, just like people self-actualizing, right, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of when I started to personally pivot from um, doing, like, a lot of, like, news related stuff um back in baltimore when i personally felt like you know i was doing a lot of stuff that showed people suffering and Mm -hmm. you know being sad and stuff like that and uh you know you're a human being too man and you know i I, like my first ever uh funeral that i went to ever in my life i had to document like my first two funerals and the first time i was emotional man i had to leave you know which was probably like you know a strike on my photojournalist record or whatever the case may be, but I was crying, you know, and, you know, because I've seen people in there that look like me and, you know, like it was a lady in there that looked just like my sister, just falling, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I had to leave. You know, I had to leave. I had to roll out. So it was those kind of moments that made me want to pivot the show, uh, you know, black kids in Baltimore self-actualizing through basketball. So, mm-hmm. um, and that goes back to the high school project I was talking about. I didn't know that we were going to go to win the first state championship. I just was in school history, you know, whatever. I didn't know that was going to happen. I just was like, you know, I went to Coach Sam Brand the summer before the season started, which was the summer after I graduated from school. Um, So I was back home, and I just hit him up, like, you know, I went here, you know, I want to do this project, you know, I want to be here every day, Uh, you know, practice, losses, Mm -hmm. wins, in the locker room, team building, you know, exercises, you know, study hall, you know, whatever. You know, proms, I done did prom send-off. I didn't, you know, did a prom send-off. I went to their graduation. Um, and he was like, man, let's do it. And, you know, the championship just ended up happening, you know, so that kind of made it, you know, it made it, you know, it tied it, tied it very, you know, tied it together very nicely at the end. <laughs> you get what I mean? So, but, you know, that kind of was the thing that, you know, those moments before that made me want to pivot towards, you know, doing more work like that, you know, where, you know, and, and kids, lose, you know, they lose games and stuff like that, too. So, it's you know, it's, it's elements of sadness, too. But, you know, I think you know, it will be a, I think it will be a boring project if you photograph the team that just always won and there were never any lows. Yeah. You know, I think I mean, yeah. we need that drama. We need that tension. You know, because that's, you know, that's a, a better summary of life. I just want to go back to something right. you just said as far as your first funeral was something that you were photographing, right? That, And you said that you had to leave because you were emotional and you f- felt like that was like a strike on your photojournalist record. And I feel like that is, I think that's questionable, right? I feel like, mm-hmm. I think we've been taught that photojournalists don't have like um have to be emotionless to get the story and to get the the, the shots and to to run into like a a battlefield where there's like explosions and bombs and like people injured and babies crying and all of that stuff and and, and still stay focused and get the shot and I think that right I think that's problematic man I think like there's photographers who will be in a conflict situation. And they have the opportunity to help somebody or photograph them and sometimes choose to photograph them instead of like putting the camera down and being a human and helping another human being out. So the fact that you feel like you were emotional at this funeral because you saw a lot of people that look like you or look like your family members and you were like, nah, nah, son, I can't do this. Like, I'm out. Yo, that's commendable. Your emotions are are very... Yeah, man. Like our emotions are very valuable, man. Especially as black photographers, because we see these scenes all the time. So we could choose to continue perpetuating these scenes, or we can choose to focus on moments that bring us more joy and 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 tell and more us balance. The, more balance. More right? balance. Exactly. Yeah. We we know we're familiar with black pain. We we grow up in it. Why do we have to choose to go out and photograph it as well? You feel right. me? So hats sure. off to you, man. And and that, that changed the, tra- the trajectory of your career. 
You know what I mean? That that one realization, you know, I think was was very important. So yeah, no, I, I think about that a lot, man. Because you know, it's, you know, it was a moment where I just was sad all the time. You know, so it was almost like, man, you know, personally, I just don't think, you know, just only doing sad things, you know, photographing pain, photographing you know, suffering, and you know, just going to vigils all the time and stuff nah, like man. that. I just felt like, you know, you know, it's 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 part of the experience, but it's not the only it's not the only experience we had. Exactly, you know, man. So, and I know I know, uh, you know I know a bunch of photographers now who are out have been out covering a protest and that that's mm -hmm. drain that's draining work. And I, mm -hmm. I tip yeah. my hat to them all the time because that physically is draining, emotionally is draining. And we also know that we're in an industry where you can get pigeonholed really quick. And editors may only reach out because, oh, you're a protest photographer, so there's a protest happening. Can you go cover it? And it's like, well, what about the all the, the thousands of other stories that are happening within our community that are not based on, mm -hmm. you know, pain and anger and violence and, you know, revolution? There's a lot of stories happening. Don't just call us for those black pain stories, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, good point, man. I, I, I totally agree with you, man. It's, you know, and that goes back, you know, it's, it's just, we have a, uh, 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 you know, it's not a mono, you know, it's not like a singular experience, you know, so um, it's, it's important to always, but also, like, you know, get the calls, you know, for, for other, you know, other things that are happening, for sure. Absolutely, man. You know, so. So I, I like that you, you went back home and you hit up your, this is your alma mater, right? Your high school that you went to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you hit up... I just was like, you know... Lord, I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, you hit up Poly Prep, hit up the coach and say, yo, I want to I wanna follow the team around like all season. And you got that access. Like, that's that's amazing. And it, it, it turned into like a great project. I was checking it out earlier, man. And I like a lot of the, the moments that you, you were able to um, to find within this team. Uh, tell us a little bit about why that was, that project was important for you. Like, why did you go back and decide to make that your focus? Um, so it's, it's crazy. I was, so the, the, the first, the first day I kind of even thought about it was, um, I was in my, my dorm room or whatever. It's like two o'clock in the morning. Part for the course of me, you know, I'm just sitting on Twitter looking, you know, reading stuff and, I seen that, um, you know, we just like had won some games or whatever. And I was like, you know, traditionally we weren't known as a school for, as far as sports are concerned, we wasn't known for basketball for, you know, the school's entire history, right? And I had seen an article that was like, you know, uh, probably won the first city championship. And I'm like, oh man. I'm, and I'm looking at the, the, the kids' faces. They like, they, you know, they, they, charged up, right? I'm like, man, that's, you know, and, you know, having put on that uniform, you know, several years prior, it's like, you know, I know what that moment kind of meant for them, right? And then I just was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know what the team looked like. I don't, you know, I just want to, I just want to be there, man, as a, as an alumni, 
as a you know as a uh, a Baltimore, you know, I just wanted to be there, and you know, whatever was going to happen was going to happen. So, um, I mean, you went there I, as a sociologist, you know, was, also. Say it again. I said you went there as a sociologist, also. Like I'm sure that was part of, you know, the reasoning. Yeah, it's documenting the moment in time, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the for the school, you know. So I found I was looking for Coach Sam email. He was looking for numbers or whatever I could find. If I could find his Instagram, I was gonna find it. If I could find his Twitter, I was gonna find it. You know, finally found his email. You know, so, uh, hit him up in his email. It was over the summertime, so I wasn't expecting him to, um, you know, get back to me quickly. You know, it's the summertime. You know, you, you know, you off. You know, you off from the school year. Um, so I hit up one of my um, one of my classmates who actually played for him. Cause I stopped playing the year before you got there, and uh, we went to open gym together. I was like, man, you know, I don't, you know, let me go with you to open gym. And you know, we went to open gym, and I talked to him in person about it. And you know, that's when, you know, he, and then he, you know, part of it too is he he believed in my personhood and and my and I guess my 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 work enough to trust me with the story. Um, you know, trust me being around the kids and with the parents and stuff like that uh, for that specific amount of time. And, you know, we just, we just grinded it out, man. I was there from three to, three to like, ten, you know, on, on every school night and on weekends if we had practice. Um, so, you know, just stuck with it the whole eight eight months and then, you know, kept kept going back and stuff like that over the summer, too, and that evolved into me coaching the next season. Oh, you started <laughs> uh, coaching? Coach with the JV. Yeah, I was helping with the JV the next season. Man. Oh, man, that's you dope. Know, I put the camera down. That's dope. So, it was, you know, it was cool, man. And, you know, you, you at your high school with, with kids that put the same uniform, school uniform as you, you know, having the same experiences you had, um, you know, walking the same hallways that you walked and stuff like that. So, it was, it was cool to, um, you know, just be with them on the cheese bus going to games, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it's cool, man. It was, you know, it's something that I, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's something that I charge, you know, not even just as a photographer, man. It's just like, you know, I got to go back and spend some time, and, you know, just be with some kids, man, which was, you know, it's cool, man. So how long did it take between having that conversation with your, your roommate and, and borrowing his camera to setting up this long-term documentary project with your your former high school. Uh, so that so I met Phil in 2012, and then the project that specific project happened in 2016. All right. Uh, so about three and a half, four years. Nice, nice. Because I, I look at that project and it looks really developed. It looks like it doesn't look amateurish. It looks like you've it took in those three and a half years. You you found your voice. You found your style as a photographer. You know. So you got to sit, sit up at night and look at pictures all night long. You know, you know, you know. It's just is you know. It's about studying. You know, I had to study. Everybody got to study. Mm-hmm. You know, and and kind of see you know what what you like and you know what you don't like and. Uh, whose work you admire, and you know, it's, it's all—it's almost like you know, uh, 
you know, that you in basketball they talk about taking from people's game, right? And add it to yours. It's like, you know, you take bits and pieces from different photographers that inspire you and uh whose work, you know, sticks out in your mind. Uh, you know, you just try to make it make you know, add your own little twist to it and, you know, do different stuff and, you know, uh photograph subjects that they might not have photographed, but you know, you can, you know, put it into your own uh you know, practice or body or work or whatever. So who and then, were, you know, you just keep keep it moving, keep keep it rolling. So who were some of the photographers you were studying? Uh Walter Yost was one. But I think early on before I really wanted to um focus on sports, um Roy D. Carrago is my favorite photographer. Yeah. Um the sound I saw uh is one of the books that I look at a lot. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's just beautiful work, man. And, you know, I try to find ways to, you know, even now try to find ways to not replicate, but take some of the things that I was, you know, studying early on and try to put it into the work I'm doing now too. So and even, you know, the, the work with the, um, with the kids, um, you know, it's just stuff I try to put into that too. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's my guy, man. So, you know, right now you are you are currently a uh, uh, photographer for the San Antonio Spurs, right? Mm-hmm. And previously, you were a photographer for the Boston Red Sox. Like, yeah. that is baffling. I was on staff. I was on staff. I was on staff with the Red Sox. Shout out to my guy Billy. You were on. I staff. You were on staff. So you're not on staff for yeah. the Spurs. No, I no. I'm I'm the team photographer for the Spurs, but the with the Red Sox, I was the staff photographer under um, Billy Weiss for one season, and then the season before that, I was the, um, I was one of the two interns. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so we was there for two years. So with both of those projects, those are like dream jobs, and yeah. And, you know, how do I'm sure there's so many people that want to know, like, how do you go from photographing a high school basketball team to becoming like a team photographer, a a professional team photographer? Like, can you just like enlighten us on some of the steps and some of the process of actually getting to this point where you're at? sure so i think what i think what um and i'm and i'm probably should talk about this more often is like a lot of a lot and you know some i'm starting to get you know people asking me you know what can they do to get into sports right and um it's kind of like the same principles with um uh, anything right um, it's like, you know, you cultivate it, you, 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 you keep trying to work on it and keep trying to get better. And then I think the, the thing that I did and, you know, when I talk to different people, they kind of do the same thing is, um, you know, you start to just kind of, you know, reach out to people and, you know, make relationships and, uh, you know, reach out to photographers, reach out to photographers to, um, you know, you know, get, you know, Hey, how can I make you know, basically the kind of work I want to make. I'm not at the level that I want to be at, but I want to get better. 
You get what I mean? And, you know, some people might respond, some people might not. You get what I mean? But it's always, you know, a few people that, you know, really might see something in your work and they want to help you get better. And fortunately, um, you know, um, I've had people along along my personal journey that have helped me a lot along the way. Um, I think about guys like Rob Carr, uh, who works with Getty Images. Um, he, you know, responded to an email and, you know, that kind of sparked up, you know, the relationship we have today. And, you know, I think of people like um, Brent Lewis. Um, I think of people like, um, even now, you know, Billy Weiss, who even, even though I'm not working with him anymore, we still talk every day about photography. Um, and, you know, those kind of moments and, you know, just like, you know, having a network of people that you can talk to and, you know, they, you know, say, hey, you know, think about, you know, doing stuff this way. This might make your stuff look better. Hey, you know, you need to learn how to sequence your work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you need to learn how to, uh, you know, get your site together, you know, make sure you know how to talk about your work, you know, just stuff like that. And even, um, even back to my first ever internship, Joe Giordano with the city paper um, was, um, he was a photographer for the city paper. He was the first person to say, look, how are you going to sequence this project? You got all these pictures of these uh, kids at the school, but how are you going to sequence these photos and tell a story? Right? So it's like, you know, sometimes it's stuff you don't even think about, right? So I'm like, man, all right. (laughs) <laughs> all right, I need to learn how to do this, that, and the third. Uh, how do I organize my images? You know, um, if I need to look for a picture from three years ago, can I find that within five minutes? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's stuff I had to learn along the way, you know. And, um, you know, all those kind of moments kind of led up to being able to have the confidence to even put in for the jobs. You get know what I mean? So, um you know, me being where I'm at right now is a product of the people that have helped me um, along the way. You know, I mean, I think of people like Lisa Snowden McRae, who she wasn't, she wasn't, she isn't a photographer, but she was um, working with me at City Paper. And before we did the, um, before I did the pilot thing, she pulled me to the side one day and was like, hey, you need to, you need to step it up. And, you know, that was kind of part of it too, you know, so. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, interactions and it's not always photography related, um, but it's just always, you know, people that I talk to and come in contact with that, um, you know, just kind of prepare, help help me get to where I'm at and hopefully um, I can be that for somebody else um, that looks like me that want to come up and, you know, do the same thing I'm doing or, you know, they don't even got to, you know, be photographers if they just feel like, you know, they can learn something or whatever the case may be. You know, my phone is always on. I'm always, you know, responding to people on Instagram and stuff like that. So um, I think that's kind of how it came to be what it is right now, for sure. I want to I bring up a word that I've heard you use uh, in the conversation so far a few times. You, you've mm-hmm. used the word personhood. And that's a very that's a very interesting word. And can you can you tell us a little bit 
about why you use that word in particular and what because it sounds like your personhood is also responsible for being able to get these people that have helped you along your path along your journey to invest in you because of your personhood so what does personhood mean to you uh, I think the I think the first thing that comes to mind that comes to mind one especially as photographers you got to be trustworthy. Um, I remember um, at Fen at Fenway one of my first uh, one of my first kind of uh, moments in like you know a space that you know most photographers don't get to be in. Uh, I was in the clubhouse. And one of the coaches, you know, you know, just and I was new, so I, I I didn't expect him not to say this, but you know, it was like, you know, this is kind of like a sacred space, you know, for the players, you know, just you know, be mindful, right? So, uh, popped in, popped out, but you know, to be in, you know, locker rooms or in people's homes or you know, around their children, uh, you got to be trustworthy. You got to be, you know. You know, you gotta just be be decent. You get what I mean? Um, and even more so, especially when we talk about like quiet moments and, and stuff like that. You can't, you know, you gotta know how to be a fly on the wall, and you know, you just gotta, you know, be kind to people. You gotta be respectful. Um, and also, it means you know sometimes you gotta learn when to put the camera down. And just being here and being, you get what I mean? It's, it's been a lot of times where, uh, you know, I take a few pictures and then just, you know, put the camera down or, you know, keep them at my sides or whatever the case may be. And just, you know, be, just be present. You know, I think, I think that's important uh, for sure. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, the camera is just a tool, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a tool for you to, to make the work, you know, it's about who you are as a person. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people might not always like, you know, what, you know, your demeanor, whatever the case may be, but, you know, you can, you know, just, you know, be, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to, I don't know what I'm trying to further elaborate, elaborate on, I'm sorry. No, that's all good, man. Uh, I'm, we just, we, I'm, we just take that part out, that small part. No worries, man. I, I think, I think what, what I hear is that, you know, the, the the camera alone doesn't gain you trust with people. Right. You know? And um, in a lot of cases, the camera actually puts up a wall between you and, and somebody yeah. else. So yeah. if you don't have, like, a good personality, if you don't engage with people on a human level, that, cam that camera is going to be an obstacle between you and, and getting the photo that you really want. Once people trust yeah. you, they put down their guard, and then you get that access, you know? So I, I think mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you summarized what the word personhood means to you because I feel like a lot of photographers forget about that part. They focus a lot on the technical aspects of photography settings and things like that right. and not about, like, well, am I... Am I a, a good person? Am I coming across as someone genuine, or do, am I just like being opportunist and using this camera right. to to gain something? What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five star rating 
or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. So on this on this show on this podcast I don't normally get into gear questions you know um, mm-hmm. but gear is such a big part of sports photography and I know that right. you said your first camera you were, you were like tugging at your mom like yo ma I need this five hundred for this first camera but so I can imagine that you know getting into sports photography like. You, you see any photographer on the sidelines of a of any game and they have these long glass right, right. these and and these lenses cost like four thousand five thousand nine thousand dollars right yeah. I don't imagine that you were just walking into the your, your first internship with the Red Sox with a a, a four thousand dollar lens I mean that might be possible but how did yeah. you work around the gear? situation starting your first you know gig with the, the red sox so at, at fenway at fenway they didn't have um gear so i was and, and and what was crazy about that first season was um coming into it i was shooting everything on a crop sensor and most of the basketball project that i worked on was with a 24 to 70 uh 28 which I um, I ultimately, you know, put some scholarship. So I was on the scholarship at um, Norfolk State, and I, you know, used the scholarship money that would, you know, come out of my account or whatever for the refund check and, and invested in that lens, and that was the lens that I just beat to a pulp, right? So mm-hmm. I still got it, but I, you know, I still got it. I think it's I think it's at home at, at my parents' house. But yo, God bless the um, refund checks, man. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> right, man. At, at least you, you know. ain't go buy kicks and 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 spend money on junk food, man. Like like we did, man. You you actually invested it, man. Nice move. You know, it's it's, it's one of the things where it was like a pivotal moment where I was like, all right, I got a decision to make. You know, because mm-hmm. ultimately you got to pay that money. You know pay some of that money back towards, you know, whatever, depending on your situation, right? But I was like, look, I'm going to get this lens. It's, it's going to make my pictures better, you know. It's going to help me make pictures in different environments, I should say. It's not going to make the pictures better. Mm-hmm. But um, did that, beat the, beat the, beat, beat the lens up. Um, and then I got like a, a, then when I really started focusing on sports in college, um, I was like, man, this twenty four seventy ain't gonna get it when I'm at this mm-hmm. at this football game, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, I I did did the same thing again, but with like a cheap Tamron seventy to two, and that lasted me like two three years, and then crapped out on me. I, I don't know, you know, not to just Tamron or anything, but that's just what happened, mm-hmm. right? And um, I was using that for baseball, um, a little bit with basketball. Again, I was shooting on crop a crop sensor, so mm-hmm. um, 
I didn't, you know, I wasn't shooting down down the court with with the um, seventy two. So, but coming into the Red Sox thing, you know, they had gear, and that's when I learned, you know, that's when I started with playing with even more focal lens, different. Um, I started learning about different, um, you know, techniques and stuff like that. So um, that was like my first kind of like real, real training, so to speak. You get what I mean? So, um, you know, I'm thankful for that experience. And, you know, it was definitely huge as, you know, not even just from a career thing, just like knowing how to be a better photographer, you know, so. I mean, um, yeah, because they have to see something in your work like that that doesn't show like these high high like premium quality you know shots that um are taken with these with, with these lenses like they have to see your eye and how you tell stories with the 2470 crop sensor shots to be able to say oh if we give him this 400 millimeter or longer lens you know he's going to be able to go out there and and bring back some like some good images without having seen you shoot with that type of lens you know what i mean like they have to mm-hmm. trust your eye and trust how you tell stories as a photographer before you they even give you this gear yeah 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 so it was definitely you know and 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 even like the uh the 400 that's you know that's just you know that's that's really the game action joint you know so mm-hmm. Um, before the game, before the game started, it was rare that you know I would use that, you know, in pregame. Yeah. But even even that came with like its challenges, right? So when I first started using like anything longer than two hundred, I was like, wait a minute, I can't I can't track, you know, the subject this with this you know with this at this focal length this yep. height. I need to work on this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, I need to hurry up. During heavy you too. Know, so, you know, so you know, you know, it's 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 a blessing to be able to have that opportunity to work on that skill in that environment because you know, you know, you don't you don't get that. You get, I mean, that's a like you said earlier, that's a once in a lifetime thing, mm-hmm. and to be able to have that kind of glass, that kind of body, and you know, make that kind of work, and you know, slowly but surely get better, slowly but surely. Um, learn how to operate, you know, that tool, you know, that build was, you know, it's a blessing, man. I, I, I can't say anything. It's also about, you know, I can't, I can't, it can't, there's no other word to kind of describe that, man. It's, it's definitely a blessing to, to have had that experience and, you know, to, you know, even now have that skill if I ever need to go back to, you know, using a 400, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's definitely, definitely an experience, man, for sure. So when I look at your work with both the the Red Sox images you have and also the images you have uh, with the Spurs, I see a lot of, um, you know, you're in the locker room, you're, you're on a bus or getting on or off a plane, you got shots of the fans. You have like these really dope moments, like like walking through the tunnels, or or you catch a, a player with like one light bulb above their head, and and they're looking like super dramatic. Man, it's definitely some great storytelling in these images. Um, describe what like 
Do you have a shot list? Or you just roam free? Like, describe what a typical workday looks like for you from, like, coffee to post-game. Like, what does a typical workday look like? Uh, so, I, so, I actually got into a routine. Um, so, you start to be around athletes, right? And you start to see that, you know, they have a routine, right? So, at, you know, at some point, especially in the internship with the Red Sox, I was like, all right, I need to develop a routine. So at Fenway, my game day routine was um, I would have tea. I would have tea before the game. And then at Fenway, we had, at the internship, you had a shot list. And, you know, there's other things that we might have to shoot on any given day. And then when the game start, um depending on the needs, there might be a shot list, but if there are any other needs um, for any other group or whatever, there's no shot list and you just make the work, you know, you document the game, right? So that was kind of how that went. And more recently, now, now with the Spurs, my home game day personal routine would be I would wake up, I would eat breakfast, I would um, work out, in the morning, then I would find something to eat for lunch, and then I would go to the arena. And oh, that's another part of it. You don't just, you know, you don't just pull up to the game, right? <laughs> uh, you know, we get to the arena, or um, well, I get to the arena like maybe if the game is at seven. Um, I would get there maybe like two, um, kind of mentally prepare myself, and then. Um, the, the guys start getting in, you know, for pregame workouts and stuff like that. You know, they have pregame routines um, a few hours before the game. And, you know, you know the walk-in was a big thing. Um, then I would, you know, kind of bounce around in the locker room. And part of part of the locker room stuff is knowing, is having a good, is having a certain level of discernment about what's going on. You get what I mean? I don't abuse that privilege, right? Because it's, it's definitely a privilege. Not every photographer, you know, team photographer, whoever can go in these spaces. You get what I mean? So uh, it's certainly a, a certain level of discernment that, that I have to have um, when I do that stuff. Um, and then, you know, once they run out the tunnel, man, you know, the lights is on, man. And we just, you know, just documenting the game and telling the story of what's happening that, that day, you know, so. Um, and it's pretty much the same thing on the road, too. Uh, you know, you just add in some buses. Um, you know, you just got to get on the bus, make sure you're not late for the bus. Um, find the media workroom. You know, find the find which is position is on the floor. You know, talk to people because, you know, I'm fortunate enough to get to travel with the team. So, you know, sometimes I use, you know, you know a few minutes in the, you know, down downtime to, you know, just talk to people and introduce myself to people and, you know, just say hello, you know. And, you know, besides that, man, it's pretty much the same thing on the road as well. So I know you have to practice some discernment. You have to know when to put the camera down and, you know, not get in the athlete's face or player's face when they're trying to, like, zone out and get ready to, to, to go ball, right? So... Yeah. um how do you develop like interpersonal relationships with the athletes on the team 
that you're photographing? Um, now, like right now, it's just like we before before you know everything kind of you know before you know before play was suspended. Um, I spent so much time on the road, man. Sometimes you just sit down and talk. You know, it, it don't got to be like a long, lengthy conversation, but you know, you, you know, you just talk to them and you know, and, you know, just you know, just how you, you know how you doing, you know, what's going on, stuff like that. You know, even like today we was talking about. Um, you know, just what we've been doing um, since we've been back. You know, and I just be like, man, I play the video game sometimes. And, you know, just stuff like that, man. Just let them know, you know, that you're a regular person, man. And, you know, and you just kind of just, you know, just, just, you know, treat them, treat them, you know, like they're your friends, so to speak. You know, you just talk to them and, you know, check in on them when you can. Um, just stuff like that, man. It's, it's, it's not like a it's not like a formula or anything. It's just, it kind of just goes back to being, you know, a human being and just, you know, you know, just talking to people and putting the camera down sometimes and not always being so focused on the shot, you know, so. You know, what's funny is that, um, like, entertainers, superstars, performers, uh, athletes, people who are on, like, the world stage, uh, they respond better to people who treat them like a regular person and not like a superstar. So if you can have like a regular conversation with them, like, yo, what kind of milk do you drink with your cereal? And like, they'll have a conversation with you for like an hour because it's like you're not just like all in their face about all the stars, all all the stuff that a star experiences. You know, you could talk to them about regular human things. And then they'll be more mm-hmm. open to you. You know what I mean? That's what I. That's what I've experienced. Yeah, man. So, you know, when you around the guys on the day to day, you know, you you know, you just start to talk to them like they regular people, man. And you know, just like anybody else, they just want to you know talk and chill and you know just not be you know bombarded all the time with you know whatever the case may be. You know, you know, just kind of talk to them regular like I would anybody else, like I would my friends, my family, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, just putting the camera down and, and just being a person, man. And, you know, that goes, I think that going back to how, you know, the earlier point you made is just like, you know, that then, you know, they had that trust and, you know, you can be a little closer sometimes or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's people being with people. You get what I mean? So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, man, I think. That's, I mean, we're humans, and we got to treat other humans like humans, you know? It sounds right. sounds sure. weird, but, you know, I think it's something that we forget. We treat people like they're superhuman, you know? Yeah. And it, and it feels disconnected. And then, and, and then, yeah, and in a lot of ways, you know, they, they you know, the best athletes in the world, you know, they they the best at what they do, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, they, you know, they they think about stuff. They talk about you know. A lot of times, you know, it, it kind of just you know, it get lost sometimes. And sometimes you just gotta you know remind them from your perspective that you know you see them, you know, you see them for what they are, like as you know the the peak athlete of of their sport. But you know, they also you know regular guys. You know, so that's definitely important. Yeah, man, absolutely. 
Um, so you, you know, going back to your days in Boston, you photograph the Red Sox championship season. Is that correct? Yep, I was an intern that year. Bro, yep. how do you how do you keep setting yourself up to photograph championships, man? Like, how does that happen, man? Like your high school team, you know, you get to Boston. That was an internship year. Say it again. That was your internship year at at, at Boston when they won the championship. Yep, yep, twenty eighteen, man. It was a wild ride. Dude, man, like, universe is in your corner for sure, bro. Like, talk about that ride. Like, your 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 first, like, you're, you're interning with the Red Sox and they win the championship, man. Like, what was that season like to be photographing that? Um, You know what's crazy? What's crazy is um, that season, when you think about it, as far as, like, a team photographer, right? And, you know, you're coming in to a situation learning how to be, you know, learning how to hopefully one day become a team photographer. It's like, that's the most that can ever happen. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. In a year, right? You know, you got Mookie winning the MVP, you know, MVP season. Then we make this playoff run and win the World Series. And it's like everything that I watch um, Billy plan for and, you know, how he even you know, directed us on certain nights, especially um, when we got to the playoffs and stuff like, you know, just more things happening, more moving parts, more, um, you know, more images and angles and of certain plays that we had to get and even just, you know, learning how to manage a team of photographers. Like, that's the most you can do in a season, right, is the championship year, right? So uh, even on the... You know, it's the day-to-day stuff. It's learning how to file, learning how to, you know, caption, keyword, all that other stuff. And then just to be able to see um, him, you know, navigate this championship run um, was 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 wild. You know what I mean? And, and I'm I was fortunate to, you know, pick up on everything that he was doing and. Um, saying, hey, all right, this is the thing I need to learn how to do. Um, Well, you know, in the the event that this might happen for me, you know, you don't know. I didn't know that the Spurs job was going to happen, but I wanted to be as best prepared. So, you know, I would make sure I was asking questions and just seeing how he moved and, you know, seeing, you know, what, you know, what, what do you have the interns do when we win? You know, like, okay, you know, they need to go here. We need to be here. You know, this is how we're going to file. How do we transmit images in a different ballpark? You know, just it's just so many different things that I got to learn um, in that spe- in that season alone. Um, that was just like it was like the greatest kind of experience I could have had. <laughs> you know, that early. Um, and I, you know, you don't, you don't know that that's going to happen, but it's like, you know, it just, it just kind of solidified how great of an experience it was. It's like seeing him navigate that and saying, "Hey, this is the stuff I need to learn." And then, you know, how to, how to photograph people winning. You know, how to identify whose family is coming down. You know to the field or whatever the case may be. It's just like, it's just like all encompassing, man. So 
it was it was definitely wild for sure. I remember hearing like sometimes the best sometimes uh and let me know what you think about this. Sometimes another way of photographing how important a win was is by showing the loser's reaction. Does that make sense? I feel that. And that's part of that's part of it too. I think matter of fact in LA, uh in Los Angeles, it was like a um it was like um a home run, like you know, get the pitcher and the the batter, for mm-hmm. example, when you give up a home run and stuff and you know, just stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's about showing because it, it adds to the context of the image. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it's like it's, it's no joy without pain. pain. Right. Somebody's so going to be important. Pain. Yeah. You know, it's definitely important to be able to show both both things because at the end it makes it makes it that much sweeter. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, by default, when you're for, okay, you you moved to Boston from Maryland, right? And now you. Mm-hmm. And now you're in San Antonio. By default, like, do you become a fan of the team that you're photographing? Of course. Especially when you get to spend, like, you see it on the inside, too. You get what I mean? So mm-hmm. you see how much work they putting in. Like, mm-hmm. you see, you know, how much, you know, it really takes to do this thing. So, and, and it's like you can't help but be a fan of that, especially when you have the 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 privilege to see it up close and personal, really. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, in practice every day, you know, they on these flights every two, three days. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, wow. And then, you know, that trickles down to having just, you know, a greater deal of respect for the athletes, you know, and and on every team, you know, because it's the same, you know, kind of thing in every team. But especially when you with these guys every day and this group every day, you know, you can't help but not be a fan of it. You get what I mean? It's like I admire y'all for what y'all do, man. And, you know, you know, we build these relationships and have, you know, these conversations where you get to know them on a little bit of an interpersonal level. It's like, man, I you know, I admire you for who you are as a person and what you do as a, a basketball player or a baseball player or a football player, you know, whatever sport. So that's you know, that's definitely a thing for sure. So Baltimore Orioles versus Red Sox. Who are you going for? <laughs> <laughs> the Red Sox, man. <laughs> hey my God. There it is, there it is. And then it's, and then and then and then it's not even it's not and then so that's another point I I should I should add it's not even just it's not even just the uh, it's not even just the athletes and it's it's you know it's the front office staff you spend so much time with them mm-hmm. you know it's you know it's, it's it's really everybody man you're just there all the time and it's an organization. Know, become, yeah, they, they become like your family too in a lot yeah. of ways because you spend so much time with them. Um, you know, working and, you know, especially when you move in from place to place, they become like your friends and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's from top to bottom, man, for sure. Man, that's dope, man. That's that's that, I can imagine how dope of an experience it is to work with, like, two high-caliber teams, man. Like, 
I think San Antonio is one of, I think, are they the winningest team in sports? Or they were, they are one of the, the most winningest teams in sports, I think. Five championships. Yeah, but I, I think within I think like the, the two, 2000s. Celtics got like 20 or something like that, but we got five championships. Yeah. And so I imagine, you know, and I see your photos, man. I see you like on the planes in different cities and stuff like that, man. It's pretty dope, man. I got I lived through your photos for real. And um I wonder what share with us like what is one of your most memorable moments from either team. You know, um it could be with a player or it could be like traveling to a certain place or or, or photographing a specific game. Like share one of your most memorable moments with one of these teams. Um so I so I'll give you the three teams. I'll give you all three teams. So the high school with the with my high school, um, before the season started, it, it's, it's a, it was a kid on the team by the name of Raheem Ali. He is now a freshman um, on Howard's basketball team, Howard University. Nice. He was um, he was in our school's natatorium in the swimming pool, right? Uh, rehab and um and uh he was in there with his dad, right? It was just him and his dad. His father was giving him uh, you know, the workout to do in the pool. And he was like, you know, pointing at, you know, pointing where he wanted him to go. And, you know, I kinda shot it in a way that it was like a silhouette, right? Um, and then as I got to learn more and more about him, um I learned about like uh, his mother's passing, and you know I kind of started to think about fatherhood in a different way, and I started to think about what that moment might have meant to them, you know, as a father and son. You get what I mean? Mm. Um, so that, and then, you know, just kind of, you know, it's a whole bunch of things that kind of go on, go through my head when I think about uh, that hour that I was in the pool with him um that kind of stuck out to me um the championship obviously was a big was a big thing because you know i'm i'm an alumni too so i'm hype and then um that, those are two things that stuck out with that uh team and the graduation um just just seeing you know then walk across the stage and get their uh, diplomas. Um, at our high school, we have a tradition where we wear suits. It's a public school, but we got to wear a uh, tuck with a cummerbund. Uh, it's like a white tuck with, like, black pants. Mm-hmm. And, like, just seeing them in, the, in that is like, man, you know, having – it's part of that was nostalgic, too, you know. So um, just all those, like, little moments that are – you know, relived and, you know, kind of photographed, you know, photographed and, you know, it was just like cool to see, you know, especially with those kids in that moment, right? And kind of at Fenway, um, I remember in 20, was it 20? I forgot what year it was. I forgot what season it was, but Mookie Betts had this, this like at bat where it was like 13 pitches, and he ended up hitting like a grand slam on the 13th pitch, and it, and like the stadium was going crazy, and it was just like so much. You can you could feel that a moment was about to happen, 
And then when he hit it, I'm just like, this is wild. You get what I mean? Everybody's going crazy. It's a big moment. You know, he charged up, running around the bases yelling. I'm like, you know, this is what it's, you know, this is what it's all about, man. These big moments and, you know, even quiet moments. Like, I think about being able to photograph, like, um, a birthday party, you know, a player's child's birthday party, stuff like that. And then, obviously, again, like, the championship, the when we won in L.A. was a big was a big moment that kind of I cried like when we was leaving stadium that night I cried I was like thinking to myself like I'm really I really was like trying to teach myself photography off of YouTube Mm -hmm. you know four years ago and I I gotta go in here and edit pictures from a world series you get what I mean like so fucking dope bro you know it's, it's emotional man it's like dog like I knew I wanted to do this at some point, but, you know, you just didn't know. You don't know how. Right, you never know. You don't know how. Right, you know. Right, for sure. You never know. You get what I mean? So it's like, I remember, like, getting on the elevator to go up to wherever we had to leave, exit the Dodger Stadium. And I'm crying, and, you know, I was with um, Mike Ivins, who, um, he was the Red Sox team photographer before um, uh, Billy, but he has another role. I'm not sure exactly what the title is, but he was like, "Man, you know, you just des- you deserve." It. You and, good? Uh, I kind of, I just, I kind of just think about that a lot, man, because that kind of, you know, I'm sorry. Nah, man. Speak your truth, bro. <laughs> You earned that, man. And you paid your dues by photographing your hometown. You know, capturing the stories of these young men choosing not to photograph black pain and photograph the joys. You know, making us look more human. You paid your dues, man. You earned that. You definitely did earn that, man. Boy, I I wasn't expecting to get away and be, you know, crying, dog. Nah, man, you 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 making me you giving me my Oprah moment right now, man. I feel my Montel Williams moment right now. Man. I didn't expect that, but all right, cool, man. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I just you know it's been you know I haven't you know I haven't you know I think about like the journey and stuff like that, and it's been a while. Lab. It's been a while since I really you know thought about everything. You get mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And then even, you know, even coming off the um the 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 the, the championship season and then like being even being you know, getting called back to come back the next season was like yeah. all right. Yeah. You know. You know, it's like, all right, I got better. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, man. And they thought they thought highly enough of the strides I made to want me to come back, right? And then, uh, even just like being like being able to uh, have have like this symbol of that season, you 
Take your time, bro. Even even having a symbol of that season, you know, to you know, solidify. You know, my mother's It validates like my mother's decision to give me this, this tool. Mm-hmm. And you know she's proud because she said, "If I get this for you, you better make it work." And you made you're making it work, bro. You're making it work. And then to even to even so I'm to even you know have something even just you know you think of. I think about, you know, passing on tradition, right? To have to not only validate my mother's decision to, you know, invest in the tool, but also to have some to hopefully one day give my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With their name on it, mm-hmm. that they can pass down. You know, so uh, you know that 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 kind of you know I, I don't take I don't take it for granted. Uh, and then even you know coming into Spurs, man, when when I was getting ready to interview, right? I you know I'm thinking I got to make sure I'm on point. You know, this is sport. This is sport I grew up playing. You know, you know this the this one of the 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 most story franchises. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I ain't come. You know, I I couldn't play no games. You know, so you know when they gave me the offer, the hug, when they you know when they offered me the role, man, and I was. You know, if I'm emotional now, dog, I was I, I was wilding. <laughs> you know, I was wilding out, and it's crazy because before that, so I, so we photographers, right? We don't, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't really have that much, like you know, formal wear, right? So coming into the thing, coming to the interview process, I was living. I had two roommates in Boston. We was running around. One of them, one of them worked at Nordstrom, like as a as like a second job. Shout out to Gabriel, right? He was running around with me, man, for like three days straight, <laughs> trying to figure out outfits, you know, outfits to wear, so you know I can have, you know, just be ready, man, be prepared, man. You know, it's just so many, it's just so many like small things that you know, that has nothing to do with the picture, picture making, you know, itself, that kind of make it crazy to me, you know? Um, but yeah, man, to, to kind of finish answering your question, man, you know, even this season, man, just 
getting the job offer, man, to kind of have like a dream come true, dog. And like the first day in the practice facility, the first game, you know, with the fans and everything, you know, and just, you know, just saying, you know, okay, you, you, you know, if you walk through whatever, you know, this, this thing happened. You get what I mean? That was kind of like the big thing for me this season. Um, and then just, you know, of course, like the big games, the big moments, uh, being around these these people that, you know, have been at the top of their game for years. And even the young guys, you know, they're they the best at what they do. And then being trusted with their stories as professional athletes and human beings is, is big, man. You know? So... Is you know, it's crazy, man. And hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for a long time. And hopefully, part of my big thing too um, is being, you know, I'm here because of somebody else, right? So, hopefully, you know, as as time goes on, I can be what other people have been to me to somebody else. Pay it forward. So yeah, man. I'm sorry, dog. <laughs> nah, man. Like, nah, I, I appreciate your your honesty, you know, and, and vulnerability, man. I think that's that's important. I think that it shows that we can look at people any industry, of course, any industry who are doing things at a really high level and feel like it just happened for them and not really understand the process that it took for them to get there. The amount of work and sacrifice and humility it takes to go from, you know, not having a camera to having somebody believe in you and 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 give you that five hundred dollars to get a camera to then using that camera to, you know, eventually just progress and be be generous with the stories that you tell. You know, because when we start doing something for the love of it, for most of us the the money is not a is, is not part of the equation because we're not getting anything. We're not getting the money from it. It's all about the love and the passion of doing it. But eventually we get really good at it and then somebody is like okay I'll pay you to do that thing that you're passionate about and that's when something clicks you know Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you being honest and and open about your story um, because there's other people out there that are are, are living in very similar situations don't know how they're going to make their next move but they know what they want to do and for anybody listening man who's questioning if they're on the right path or not, man. Just stay on it. Stay on it. Keep putting in that work, you know, and, and believe that, you know, you don't have to know how something's going to happen. Just know why you want to do it, you know? And then right. all those things will start to uh, manifest, you know? Absolutely, dog. For sure, man. For sure. For sure, and 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 too, and also, man, like it was it was gaps, like 
is is you know to your point is it was gaps along the way where I was sitting in the room, you know, cold email, you know, reaching out to people, you know, sitting in like what am I going to do kind of thing like that's you know that's that's like you said that's a part of that's a, that's a part of it too man for sure and 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 it if it, it's a little disheartening not disheartening but. It's you know it's a little discouraging when you're going through those moments, right? But you know some you know and not everybody's situation is the same, you know, because it's not like a one size fits all solution or anything. And you know we gotta you know gotta understand nuance, right? And you know different circumstances. But you know if 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 there's an opportunity to keep it going, man, you know. You know, that's, you know, you got to, man, if there's something that you love doing, you know? What's going on? This is Reginald Thomas II from Baltimore, Maryland, and you're tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned into this episode. Thank you for listening. The Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, Show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at blackshutterpodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Until next time.